Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Well, my name's Warren. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the, the Board of Elders here. It's a great privilege for me to be able to come and, and share the Word with you this morning. I just want you to know normally at Potter's House, uh, our pastor goes through a book of the Bible, kind of chapter by chapter, line by line, so we really get the whole taste of what the Bible says to us. Uh, I was going to do that this morning, but suddenly I feel like God has something else, and so I'd like to share with you a little bit my testimony today, to end the year off. Our songs this morning were about how God breaks chains how God heals hearts, how God restores broken lives. And all of our stories are different. So I don't believe God wants us to compare our stories because each story of an individual life and how that person comes to Christ is a huge miracle. It really is. So as I share my story, I hope it's going to encourage you. I'll... uh, I'll end off with some scripture, I I think, but we're going to start with, I was born in Calgary and moved out here at the age of four years old. I'm 47 right now, into Glen Rosa. Um, So I've I've been in West Kelowna my whole life, 43 years I've I've walked through West Kelowna. I would say I was always, my mother sitting here too, and my wife and my kids and my in-laws are here. I would say I was a little bit of a, a, a handful of a child, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I've always had a, a little bit of a tenacious nature within me. I've never really shied away from too many things, and, and, and God can use that in a person to, to, uh, to really bless people and and help people, but as I grew up, I grew up in a really good family. Uh, I had my grandparents, uh, which were amazing people, very moral. I mean, my grandfather, I wouldn't say that he was a, uh, an active, walking, church-going Christian, but he, he believed in helping his neighbors. I remember being six and watching my grandfather be at the neighbors shoveling their driveway. You know, I, my grandfather was... Uh, was my was the custodian of my elementary school, and so when I'd be sitting out in front of the office for some reason, <laughs> I could hear those janitor keys coming down the hall and turn the corner, and then the and my prayer was, please don't tell mom. Yeah, so, so I I prayed from a very young age. Let's say. You know, as I, as I grew up and, uh, and went through elementary school, uh, was, was, you know, a fairly good, good child. Um, as I hit high school, I ran into a, a group of people that were, were not healthy. Uh, you know, high school for me started uh, with 
uh, getting involved with drugs and alcohol. Uh, it, it escalated uh, through, my, through the high school years to the point where I was, um, I was dealing drugs and alcohol. I was skipping school. I was fighting. I was doing all of the above and just living large. That's what I really thought that was. I, I thought I had everything in my world at that time was, was in my pocket. I was the guy. Uh, yet inside myself, I always felt that there was an emptiness. Uh, I didn't quite know what that was. I thought that was just part of life. I, I assumed that the more you took in to yourself, and that hole got filled a little bit, that that's how it was supposed to work. Uh, as I progressed along that road, uh, nearing the end of high school, uh, I shamed my family uh, in quite a severe way, and I remember uh, the Lord kind of, as I'm looking back now, starting to shift my life. I started to realize that I needed to do something. You know, by the time I was 16 in high school, I was working at Whiskey Jack's, um, dealing drugs out of the back of the, the kitchen. I was working in the kitchen, and uh, and over that course, I had gotten fired uh, because they found out. And and so after I had shamed my family, I thought, Warren, you really need to stop partying. You really need to stop. Uh, dealing the drugs, you really need to stop thinking about yourself. What's going to fix your life is if you go back and ask that manager at Whiskey Jacks if you could get your job back. That was going to be the answer to, to Warren finally doing something proper. And so I went back into the kitchen and... Uh, and I, I talked to him, his name was John. I said, listen, John, uh, I'm in r real big trouble here. Uh, I need my job back. I promise you I won't deal drugs. I promise you I'll be on time. I promise you I'll be here, but I just need my job back. And he, he hummed and hawed, and, and finally he said, yeah, I'll, I'll give you another chance. The whole time I was talking with him, there was this joy that seemed to be on him that I didn't quite notice previously while, while I was working there. And so he said, yeah, I'll hire you back. And just as I was leaving, I turned around and I, I looked at him and I said, John, what's going on with you, man? Like, yeah, I thought maybe you had a baby or something, you know, like I didn't, you know, I didn't, just didn't. And he looked at me and he said one word. He said, Jesus, man. And I was like, get the out of here. You know, like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, you got to be kidding me, man, right? So Wissy Jack's here in West Bank. I lived by Bushery Mountain over there, the big mountain. I had to walk. And man, I tell you, as I started that walk that day, I couldn't shake it. I remember walking down the road and I'm talking to myself in my head and I'm thinking at times people must think I'm crazy. Am I talking out loud? Like I just 
could not shake the fact that maybe it was Jesus I was missing. Maybe he was the answer that I was looking for. Uh, Maybe he's the reason that all this has come to a head. And I remember thinking, man, like, if I, if I do this Jesus thing, I'm going to, like, lose all my buddies. Like, all the guys that I party with and run with are going to be like, you're nuts. And that's what happened. But I had to come to terms with the fact that my life was, was sinful. That within my heart, I had sin. And I'd never, I'd never heard the gospel. Right? I, I knew that Jesus died on the cross. I knew that that was forgiveness for my sins. But I didn't know all the ins and outs of what that meant. But one thing I surely knew was that there was something wrong inside of me. And I couldn't shake that no matter how hard I tried. I couldn't get rid of that. So I remember it was just actually right in front of Walmart. Walmart wasn't there, but the road in front of Walmart was there. And I was walking. And I realized I was going to have to probably look like a, uh, a crazy guy in front of my friends. I was good, my life was going to change. Was I willing to do that? There was that war going on inside of me. And finally I stopped in the middle of the road and I remember this, I'll never forget it, as clear as day like it was yesterday, I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, whatever I have to do to find you, I will. And at that very moment, there was a, I don't, there was a flood of peace that ran through me. There was joy like I had never experienced. There was love that I didn't even think you could know at that very moment. There was this sense of safety that I was going to be protected and provided for and finally cared for. And I opened my eyes and it was like I had seen the hills and the mountains and the sky and the clouds for the first time in my life. This was something totally different. I remember, this is how I remember it, Mom. I remember I, I got into the, to the door. I was now staying at my mother's house. And I got in through the front door and I was just like beaming with joy. Like you couldn't get the smile. And my mom looked at me and she said, what are you on? <laughs> I think she thought I would have been doing some hard drugs or something. And I told her, I said, I think I found Jesus. She was like, what? My mother was, was not a Christian at the time. And I said, yeah, I think I found Jesus. Like, this is amazing, you know. And I knew one guy in high school that was a Christian. We knew each other. We didn't hang out or anything, but so I, I decided to, to call him. So I looked up his phone number in the book, called him, you know, his mother answered. And I'm like, hey, is Corey there? And Corey got on the phone. I said, hey, Corey, this is Warren. <laughs> it just went silent. <laughs> because Corey knew what I was about. 
Uh, and I said, something happened to me today. And he says, what, man? And I said, I think I found Jesus. And he's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, he's like, listen, Warren. He was in a Christian rock band with some guys in my school. He said, every time we do a rock practice, my band, we've been praying for you and your friends that one of you would come and know Jesus. I was like, I think it's me, man. (laughs) So, So he brought a Bible over and... And man, it was amazing as I started to dive into the Bible and into, into the, the Word of God and what God was showing me about himself, who he was, who he wanted to be over me, over my life. Uh, it was just a, a, a huge, amazing journey. Um, so I want to get into some scripture now. Uh, I think we got it back there. We're going to go into to Psalms 65 verses 9 to 13. It's probably about three or four down. I don't know if it's going to be up there, but I'll read it to you here. It says, this is, this is uh, if you can picture yourself, the way I pictured this was, let's say King David, who was the king of Israel at the time, was, say, in his... Uh, castle, his, his, his house, and he's looking out the window, and this is what he sees. He says, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly and settle, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow and the hills gird themselves with joy. And the meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain and they shout and sing together with joy. This is the provision providing nature of God for his people. Note that all the good and precious compliments done in this scripture are done by God's sovereign hand. God's river is full of water. God greatly enriches it. He crowns the year with bounty. He overflows the pastures in the wilderness. He alone is a cause of blessing and mercy. It is to him that belongs the thanksgiving of our hearts for everything we've received. God has done great things in in your life, whether you know him or not. That's his nature. We see in this portion of scripture that it is he that visits the earth with water. He greatly enriches. He is the one who works all things together for the good, for those who love him 
and are called according to his purpose. Man, when I was without God, my life was a wreck. As I began to walk with God, he started putting those pieces back together. At one time in my life, I had spent $30,000 on heroin in three months. Today, that third row is my family. I have a wife, two kids, my mother, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law who love me, a church that cares for me. God puts a broken life back together. That's the nature of his business, and he does it through the gospel. He does it when we understand we're broken, and we come to him because we need him. Jesus said, I didn't come to save the righteous, but those who are sick. And so when we realize, you don't have to be a drug addict to be sick. If you just take a second and look in your own heart, we'll all see we have problems. So it makes sense that in the year to come, God wants us to see him more clearly. Then we can look and see what his plan is. The clearer we see who Jesus is, the clearer we can walk his plan out in our life. God, in Hebrews 12 too, he says, looking unto Jesus, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. The version I love for the scripture says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Your eyes don't need to be on yourself. If you put your eyes on him, if you look at him, he'll be the author and perfecter of your faith. He'll do the work in your life. Well, you'll ask, well, how do I see him? I don't even know him. Or I've just got to know him. Or I've been walking with him for years. The answer is scripture. I want to encourage you maybe in this front part of the year to begin to go through the gospels again in your own time. See who Jesus is. See how he acted toward people. See how he loved people. See how he restored people. See how he corrected people. See how he chastised people. See the heart of Jesus. And the more you fix your mind on him, the more clearly you're going to see who God is. Because it says in Hebrews, and Wayne talked about this the last time he spoke, it says he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Remember the story, I love this. This is the heart of God. Remember the, in, in the gospel, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time were trying to tap, trap Jesus. And so they went out and they actually 
they're surmising, a woman was caught in adultery. So they, they grabbed that woman, and Jesus was in Jerusalem teaching at the time in the public, and they brought her in front of him, and in front of everybody listening, and they questioned him, and they said, Jesus, she's been caught in the act of adultery. At that time, the act of adultery was punishable by stoning. So they brought her out in front. And they asked him, what are you going to do? Jesus, it says that Jesus knelt down and he started to write in the dirt. It doesn't tell us what he was writing. I like to think he was writing the names of the Pharisees. Right. And he stood up and he said, he who is among you who is without sin can cast the first stone. And they stopped, thought. And even the Pharisees realized that they had sin in their lives. And they began to walk away. It says one by one, they began to leave. And here's Jesus protecting this lady. And he looks, looks at her again and he says, where are your accusers? She says, Lord, they've all left. And he says, well, neither do I accuse you. Jesus shows her mercy. God wants to show you mercy at the cross. Why? So you'll fall in love with him. He wants you to know that he loves you. And that he gave everything he had on that cross so you could be with him. It's the, the most powerful act of love that this world has ever seen was him, the perfect one, paying the price for the imperfect ones so we could be restored back with him. And he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. See, it's not enough to be forgiven. God doesn't want to forgive us and leave us in our sin so we can continue in the same miserable life that we've started in. The Bible says sin is death. And it destroys. So at the cross, what Jesus says to her is, come, I love you. And from that love, he frees her to go and sin no more. And I'm going to tell you, if you meet Jesus or if you know Jesus and you're walking with him and you're close with him, you know how much he cares for you. And that knowing leads you to care for others. It leads you away from sin. It leads you into righteousness. It leads you into being gracious. It leads you to be merciful to others. Jesus says, he who sins much, has been forgiven much, loves much. So this morning... I literally had like 10 scriptures I was going to go through. <laughs> but
But I just felt like this morning as we were worshiping that this is what the Lord wanted me to share. So I hope it encouraged you. If we can just take a moment and pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are so good. You are faithful. You are enthroned on high. You are the mighty one. You are the one who is full of hope and truth. You are the one who leads and corrects. You are the one who gives life. You are the one who covers us. You are the one who shelters us, Lord. You are the one who teaches us. And Lord, this morning we want to declare your name above every life here every heart here, Lord. I pray if there's any under the sound of my voice that don't know you, that your spirit right now, Lord, would break down walls and they would see how much you cared for them by seeing the cross. Pray, Lord, over this next year as a congregation that you would be our head. We would be your body that we would love one another, care for one another, honor one another. And in that, we would be honoring you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. As you feel yourself.